Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayashir number 300. We're going to talk today about how marriages can thrive after the kids get older and leave the home. And unfortunately these days you have, it used to be when people were married for 20, 25 years, 30 years, very often their marriage afterwards thrived as an old couple, that we admired them, how they stuck together, and how they get along with each other. Times have changed we live in a divorce age. We have very often, unfortunately, in the world at large and in our community as well, when the kids leave the house and sometimes they, you know, drifted it were drifted apart. They were far apart from each other for a long time and they decide to go their own way, way because they lose touch with each other and lose focus. And um, and it's 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 time to stop that trend. People very often. Um, as they get older, kids leave the house, they stop trying, they just take things for granted, they just retire, resign, and even if they stay together, they have a blah feeling about it, oh, this is just, you know, us getting older, you know, but the truth is, it does not have to be that way. There's great opportunity that those, that period in marriage, after the kids are already, Baruch Hashem, married and leave the home, the relationship between you and your spouse could be the best of times. It could be an opportunity to get extremely close. It could be an opportunity to connect again in a deep friendship in the way it was in the beginning. And if it wasn't, to create it new and very special, that you could thrive and live a beautiful many, many years of wonderful quality life together. And that is doable. And that's something that um, couples need to think about as the kids are getting older, even before uh, quote-unquote empty nest syndrome hits, to, to realize this and to start working towards um, each other and building that relationship. And one of the things that you need to do, especially in that tkufa, is to ask each other what you want to do in life, what you want to accomplish in life, what each of your individual goals are, what your shared goals are and shared dreams. Many of you did have shared goals and dreams that were just forgotten about because of teardness, because of things of life taking a hold, but you still have those shared dreams and now you could act upon it, you can realize them and you don't put it on the side anymore and you bring it to the front. And even if it seems that you never had it, there's ways to discover that maybe you indeed do have certain shared common goals and so that's an important fact, especially, again, I'm talking in the Tukufa, where you know that Kanainahara, your youngest kids are in their mid-teenage years, late teenage years, and it's a, just a matter of time before you're going to have that empty nest for the most part, except, of course, when they come for Shabbos and this and that and so on and so forth. So to learn about each other again and about each other's goals and accomplishments and ashkafas and things like that. Number two is... Very, especially this is important, to find a healthy balance between, quote-unquote, the we and the me part of the relationship, which we spoke in the past about in the concept, what we call interdependence, that there is independence where you're your own individual, you don't need anybody else, you don't have to come unto anybody else, you do everything on your own, you're relying on yourself, independence, and then there's something called, whether it's codependence or being the opposite of, of, of independence, which is basically is you're clingy and you need the other person to 
to make you feel whole. Otherwise, you feel like a half a person. That's not healthy either. There's something called interdependence, which means that you do both. You experience the feeling and you respect the individuality of who you are. And also you value the, the connectivity you have with your husband or with your wife. And to find that balance, because what happens a lot of times ha- is, is that one of them or the both of them, either one or the two, either they go to one extreme is I'm my own individual and you're your own individual. You do your thing and you do your thing and you end up with like, like two ships going off the night in different directions. That's one extreme. The other extreme is you are so clingy and connected with one another in a codependent way where that defines your whole relationship. Neither way is unhealthy. That's true in all periods of marriage, but it is especially true when the kids are already leaving the house and it becomes back that the connection now is focused on the two of you again. You need to learn and work with each other to find that healthy balance because otherwise... Um, you know, let's say the husband retires, stays home all day, drive his wife off the wall, and the other way around too. So they prepare in advance and realize we'll have a life of our own lives, of our me time and our individuality of, of, of expressing it and developing that. And at the same time, the we time of the times that we really connect and join each other in our relationship as true partners in life. Another Eitzah is is to keep the friendship alive. You had a friendship, then you keep it alive. If it got buried because you were so tired with the kids, you spark it up again. You reinvest in each other. You decide again that you're going to become close to each other as you were until now hyper-focusing or focusing on your children. And after they're married, you also do. But again, it's unhealthy to get too involved. You need to give your children your space too. So it's very, very important. And it's one of the a big tafkid in this marriage right now is to keep your friendship alive or reinvest in each other in sparking that friendship again. And that is very, very important. Another eta is is to develop between the two of you, the husband and wife, new rituals, new things that you both do together. Till now, you may have had where, as a family, as a family, once a year you went here. As a family on Yontiv, you went to this and this place. We used to do this. You used to do that. On Hanukkah, we did t- took the kids together and we did this together. Now that you're alone again, for the most part, it's just the two of you. You work on things there. You have your new couple of rituals. As an example, that. In our married, new married life, if they retire, not retire, whatever, you have more time in your hands. We have a, you have lunch together, or you have a tea together, and you sit twenty minutes and you do something, or you take a walk together. You do certain rituals now between the two of you that and get that to a point where it becomes a, a real integral part of your day to day life, where you're connecting in real ways, in real action, in your new rituals that you're creating for yourselves. Of course, part of it is also not to feel isolated, meaning that you share your life as a couple with your healthy family friends, healthy family and healthy friends, and you connect in healthy ways. Another thing that's a big aside for married couples that are in the stage of their life where the kids are already getting married and empty nest syndrome is going to come or it has already been has is already here is to already settle in your mind not to try to fix each other not to 
press buttons that you know antagonize one to another. Realize and accept and then value the positive. When we say, by the way, of trying not to fix each other, that does not mean that you don't both grow with each other. Of course you grow with each other. You grow in, in your own ways. You can grow together. But what it means is, is you don't nitpick and point out things that are, are just there. It's part of the personality that you can't change. You accept what you cannot change, and you enhance looking at the good qualities of what what can be brought out in a beautiful way between each other. Another thing that's extremely important is to keep the intimacy alive. That is all types of intimacies, whether praying together, holding hands, talking together, spending time together, the emotional aspects of intimacy, the spiritual aspects of intimacy, the intellectual aspects of intimacy, which means basically talk, give, sharing and exchanging of ideas. You read a book together or you say this that you saw, you share with each other things. Those, all those types of intimacies need to get stronger and stronger in the marriage as the children have already left the house and it's the two of you alone again, including the sexual intimacy. Despite the fact that physically the drive goes down, especially after menopause, and by men also the drive goes down, it's extremely important that despite that fact, that the sexual, physical aspect of the part of the relationship becomes an integral part an ongoing, consistent part of the relationship. And Baruch Hashem, especially Bizman almost all sexual issues, there are solutions for, there is advice for, very often, and you cannot be shy about it. A woman needs to go to her OBGYN, and a man very often needs to go to a urologist. Sometimes earlier in their marriage, like we discussed several times, but certainly when you're of a more advanced age or you're getting older, and there may be some issues, especially post-menopause, and with men also with certain issues, not to be embarrassed and to work on it together. And 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 the woman, again, the expert is usually an OBGYN that handles those type of sexual issues to enhance it and to make it pleasant as you get older. And for a man, very often it's a, uro- uro- a urologist, and you don't neglect that part of, the, of your life to keep the sexual and, 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 and intimate, physical, intimate aspects strong, no matter how old you are, or no matter how you feel, how you're aging. First of all, a lot of it is an attitude. If you're already 50, or even 55, or even 60, or even 65, if you learn to take care of your health as best as you can, we know you're not 20 anymore. But nevertheless, you take care of your health, you work on it, you work on yourselves, you eat healthy, you keep on exercising, you keep your spark with these new ideas, fresh ideas, you keep a seder, you keep a structure, you do the things that we discussed in this share up to this point, and you will thrive even as you get older. And even if you have your normal, whether it's uh, some for some people, it's a little bit of a high blood pressure, a little bit arthritis, um, things like that, but it is very in the reach of almost all couples that are aging, that are getting older, kids are already getting married off to have a beautiful life together, even a physically beautiful life together. And there's no reason not to hope for that and work for it. And again, is this also, this um, stereotypical idea that as you get older, you get more grouchy, 
is a falsehood. Although it makes sense that as you get older, sometimes you get more irritable with certain things. You both have to commit to have uh, what I call an anti-grouch campaign where you do the opposite and you say to yourself, I am not going to be like those um, people that you see that unfortunately that are older, that complain about everything, that grouch about everything. And don't start when you're 85. You could start when you're 50. You could start when you're 45. You could start when you're Baruch Hashem. Some of your kids are already getting married off and your other kids are getting older. Your 40s, 50s. 60s, you work on it. You work on it on, on, on maintaining that attitude of hakara satayv and to avoid the grouchiness, to avoid the complainness, and then when you feel it, to work through it, of course. And that's very, very important. So the main akuda of this particular shear, which I feel is quite an important one, although it's something that to be worked out in all all area, all stages in marriage, but we're, but in specifically and especially as your kids, when your youngest kid, children are already in their teenage years, when you know your youngest is already 14 and then 15 and then 16, when that's happening and you know that that's the case, that is the time especially where you turn your mind towards the things that are discussed in this year and to start working and preparing and focusing on the idea of if, for whatever reason, till now things were bumpy, to smooth out those bumps and to f- start focus on each other in a healthy way, in a good way, with all the things that we mentioned in this year, talking about each other's accomplishments, the balance between the me and we, between individuality and connectivity, keeping friendship alive, um, new rituals, healthy rituals, connecting, not trying not to nag each other or trying to fix each other or press your vulnerable uh, points and also to keep intimacy alive, all types of intimacy, including physical intimacy, taking care of your physical health, going to OBYGN and a urologist, male and female respectively, when there are sexual struggles to deal with it, to get the treatment that's needed to make that part of life more pleasant. All of this is important. All of it is key, and that's the Yechaylis Metashem to keep, to make your life with a tremendous amount of simcha, and there's no reason to believe that your latter part of your life's marriage uh, goes with the, you know, with the, like the cynics go downhill, Adarab, it continues to go uphill, and you're both committed to it, it can happen, and it will happen, Be'eses Hashem, Hatzlochem Bracha.